Welcome to this bonus episode of Bible Explained Verse by Verse. Today I want to talk about the final Babylon in the book of Revelation. The Babylon in the book of Revelation is the final empire that will control the entire world. There will only be six kingdoms that control the entire world in world history. We're nearly on the fifth kingdom now, and the fifth kingdom is the kingdom of the Antichrist. The sixth kingdom is the earthly kingdom of Jesus Christ, which lasts for a thousand years before Armageddon. That will be the sixth and the most powerful kingdom. Jesus Christ will rule the entire world for a thousand years. And when I say kingdom, I really mean empire. An empire is a entity that controls multiple nations. The first great empire was Babylon, which we've been reading about in the book of Jeremiah, and we also read about it in the book of Isaiah. Babylon was the most powerful kingdom that ever existed on the planet to date. And then the Medo-Persian Empire, because they were the Persians and the Medes, they jointly conquered Babylon, and then they became the second empire that controlled the whole world. Now, when I say whole world, I don't mean every little single person on the planet, but I mean all of the other major kingdoms were controlled by these entities. But Persia was never as strong as Babylon had been percentage-wise. It didn't have the same amount of power. And then after that came the kingdom of Greece. It was the third great empire. But the Greeks were never as powerful as the Persians were, just as the Persians were never as powerful as the Babylonians were. The fourth kingdom was Rome, and Rome was in power when Jesus was walking on our planet as a man, and when he was crucified. Rome was the fourth great empire. Now, there have been other empires, like the British Empire, and they did control a lot of nations at one point, but they didn't have world control. So they didn't control every single powerful nation that there was. They're not in this list because they were an empire, but they weren't a world-controlling empire, although they controlled a lot of places. So they're not even on the list at all, which shows you that the British Empire was not as powerful as the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, the Persian Empire, or the Babylonian Empire. When Rome had a lot of power, on the record books, it had Caesars that were in control, and the Caesars were treated like kings. Then Christianity supposedly ended the rule of Rome because people started turning into Christians, and that's where the Catholic Church comes into play. Rome, instead of saying that they had Caesars in charge, switched over to saying that they had popes in charge. And in my personal opinion, a pope is a Caesar by a different name. Because Rome thought, if you can't beat him, join him. I don't believe that the empire of Rome ever really ended. It just altered itself so that it became a religious entity with popes instead of Caesars. But it still kept control. Rather than using laws and a government system, it kept control over the same people and more by using a religious system where everyone 
owes obedience to the Pope. People are as loyal to the Pope today as anyone ever was loyal to any Caesar who ever lived. So that's why the last empire mentioned in the book of Daniel is an empire that's made of clay and iron. It's not as powerful as it should be because it doesn't have official government power, but it's still a state and it still controls people all over the world using religion. No matter what nation you're a citizen of, if you're a Roman Catholic, you still tithe to the Pope and he gets your money. So it's like you pay tax to your own nation, but in addition to that, you pay tax to the other leader who you have allegiance to, and that is the Pope. And no matter what laws are in your own country, you're still going to obey the laws of the Pope because he is your religious leader that has power over you. So in this way, the Roman Church controls people all over the world through religion. This has been the substitute for losing the political power that Rome used to have toward Roman citizens who lived on its territories. So the Roman Church, they don't need you to live on their territory in order for them to have some degree of control over you. I'm not putting you down if you're Catholic. I'm just explaining the different empires that are mentioned. According to the book of Daniel, the kingdom that is made of iron and clay has the least power of all of them. And that's true because today Rome has less power. Although it has power over people all over the world of all nationalities and of all citizenships, it doesn't supplant or overthrow whatever power is over them because of the nation that they live in. That's restricted power. And that's why the feet of the statue in Daniel were made of iron and clay. The clay shows weakness and the iron shows strength. So it's a mixture of weakness and strength. Because all of these people do pay their allegiance to the Pope and they give him money and they obey his commands to whatever degree they're able to obey, but they still obey the laws of whatever nation they live in. The statue in Daniel, the Lord gave it as a metaphor in a dream to King Nebuchadnezzar. The head of the statue is Babylon and the head is made of gold because gold is more precious than any other metal. So Babylon was the golden head because it had more power. And then Persia was the torso made of silver and the torso is under the head. So Persia never had the same power or the same beauty that Babylon had. And then under Persia was Greece, who's made of bronze, and it's in the mid-center of the body, the pelvic region. And Greece never had the power or the beauty of Persia or Babylon. And then under that is the legs of iron, and that was Rome in its glory days, when it had Caesars and it had temporal control over its citizens. And then the feet of clay and iron are Rome in its weakened state, as a church state that has religious control over people all over the world, but cannot supplant or overpower whatever control these people have in the nations that they are citizens of. So they're citizens of both Rome, the papal state, and at the same time, they're citizens of whatever country they live in. The clay represents the fact that they're not completely citizens of Rome, and they don't come under Rome's total and complete power. 
This is only a theory. It's okay if you don't agree with me. It's also a theory that the feet represent the church state of Rome. We'll never know until the Antichrist actually comes. And then we'll know whose theory is right and whose theory is wrong. But it's my theory that when the Antichrist comes, he will be a pope, in addition to being fully Jewish and fully Muslim. Because if you bring the Catholic Church together with the Jewish religion and the Muslim religion, you've pretty much controlled everybody in the world by religion. That leaves very few people out of the context. And it is possible to be fully Jewish and still be fully Muslim genetically. And it's also possible to be a pope no matter what your genetics, because it doesn't matter what ethnicity you have to be pope. So that's only theory. You don't have to agree with that at all. But when we get to Babylon of the end times, that is the same kingdom that is made of feet in the book of Daniel. That's the last Babylon. And as we read in Daniel chapter 51, it described Babylon, the original, very similar to the last Babylon that's described in Revelation, with a few details left out. In the book of Revelation, it says that Babylon sits on many waters, and Rome, through religion, does sit on many waters, because there are Roman Catholics in almost every nation. In the book of Revelation, it also says that the whore, this apostate church, is dressed in scarlet and purple, which is red and purple. And the Catholic priests wear either a red robe or a purple robe. Those are their colors. It also says that she is an apostate, and the Roman Catholic Church is apostate. Now, that doesn't mean that you're automatically going to hell just because you were born into that church. Because if you repent of your sins and you put 100% of your faith in Jesus, that is what's required for salvation. Even if you consider yourself to be Catholic, but it's still Jesus who you obey and you have repented of your sins, you will be saved. But the Roman Catholic Church does teach apostasy because it teaches that if you took the Eucharist, you're saved, and if you got baptized in the church and did all of the church rituals, you're saved even no matter how much you sin. A Roman Catholic expects to go to heaven even if they fornicate till the day they die and they get drunk every night and they beat their wife and they cheat on their taxes and lie to their business partners. They're still going to heaven if they showed up in church and took that Eucharist. So that's apostasy. Now, apostasy is taught in a lot of different churches, not just the Roman Catholic Church. So they're not the only ones who are guilty of apostasy. But the whore who sits on the beast in Revelation is an apostate. She's a woman because she represents many people, and there are over a billion Catholics. And the Pope does have a degree of temporal power because... That's why all of the world leaders have to meet the Pope and they often kiss his hand. They are paying allegiance to him as a temporal power. He's like a king, which is the same thing as a Caesar, but he doesn't have the same type of power that the old Caesars used to have. But through criminal activities, Rome does have a lot of extended power that way too. So does every government in the world. Every government engages in criminal acts, as we all know. 
The reason I believe that Rome is the whore on the beast is because she teaches many false doctrines, and every head of the beast represents a false doctrine. She drinks from a cup of filth, which represents her own sins, the fact that she allows her people to sin and practice religious ordinances to believe that they're saved. It says that she has martyred the saints, and Rome can be traced to wars that have murdered people, and it did the Inquisition, killing people in the Reformation, the murders that took place in nunneries, and other political events like civil wars and revolutions that the church took part in. They did kill saints, literally. They burned real Christians who followed Jesus and professed his name on the stake. They burned them. They tore people. They quartered them. They cut people's heads off. They did all kinds of things to people who were genuine Christians. The Roman Catholic Church has murdered saints. And to me, the clinching thing is the description, because you can't add the descriptions of red and purple to any other national entity or church. Only the Roman Catholic Church has the colors of red and purple. And also, in the book of Revelation, it says that she sits on seven hills, and Rome is known for having seven hills in that city. It also says that all of the merchants around the world made money off of her, which is absolutely true. Rome is one of the largest world markets. The papal state is loaded with all kinds of wealth and riches and treasures and hordes of gold and jewels and everything. The Pope is dressed in more jewels than any king or queen, probably. So the entire description from top to bottom fits the Roman church. It also says that he pronounces blasphemies, and the Pope does pronounce blasphemies by saying, God told me. That's blasphemous, because God didn't tell you unless you're a prophet, and you can't be a prophet and sin and allow others to sin or teach others that sin is okay. No Pope has ever been a prophet. My theory is that the final Antichrist will be a Pope, and he will also be a world leader. But he won't have the same power that the original Babylon had. And that's why in Revelation, they pass a law that you cannot buy, trade, or sell unless you get the mark of the beast. And this is because people will not willingly follow the Antichrist without that law being passed. In other words, people will follow the Antichrist out of pure fear of not having their needs met. They will sell their souls for a meal, just like Esau sold his birthright for one bowl of porridge. And that's what people are going to do in the end times. They'll be so desperate for resources and food and shelter that they will sell their souls to get it. The Antichrist has to make this very harsh rule that you cannot buy, trade, or sell unless you get his mark. His otherwise weak power will depend on that law. When people get that mark, they will lose their salvation permanently they won't get it back. You don't have to try to figure out what the mark is, because we're going to know when it's here, because it will be something that if you don't get it, you can't shop, you can't pay your bills, and you can't even barter or trade to get your needs met. You will not be able to feed your kids, you won't be able to pay your rent or your mortgage, and that's when you know it's the mark of the beast. Whatever prevents you from basic survival that's going to be the mark of the beast. 
So don't waste any time trying to figure out what it is, because believe me, when it gets here, you won't have any trouble figuring it out. Rome is the whore on the beast, because she sits on seven hills, she wears red and purple, she has killed saints for centuries, she causes people to sin through her apostate teachings, and she controls people on many waters, which means many nations. And we'll talk more about it when we get to Revelation. And if you don't agree with that theory, it's okay, because you don't have to agree with theories in order to be saved. All you have to do is fully repent of all of your sins and put 100% of your faith in Jesus Christ. If we all had to know what the final Babylon is in order to be saved, Jesus would have told us. So there's your proof right there that we don't have to know. And my theory doesn't have to be true. We'll find out if it's true or not one day. Hope that blessed you.